Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 48 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Hot off the heels of just doing another episode half an hour ago with social media expert Nicole. Here I am back again with a totally different subject with my guest, Laurie Beard. Laurie is originally from Puerto Rico, but today joins me from Texas, the place she has called home for the past 22 years. Laurie is a proud wife of eight children, which I can't wait to talk about that. So that's a huge achievement all in itself. And um, a proud, proud wife of 26 years. Well, Laurie has always sought to share the riches of her own life experiences with aspiring professionals. And that's played out as a professional speaker, self-published author, facilitator, and certified life coach. Laurie, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you today? I am great, Jake. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. It's my absolute pleasure. How's uh, how's Texas and how's your day been? Oh, the date's been amazing. Doing what I love, which is create content and interview people and be interviewed. So thank you so much. And the day is kind of pleasant. It was like in the 70s today. So it's very pleasant out here in the fall. Nice. How about you over there in Australia? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's 1.30 in the afternoon here. Um, it's Summer's coming. Summer's on its way back. We everywhere's just opened back up, so everyone's out, and um, I'm actually looking forward to getting away to the country this weekend and having a much needed bit of time off. It's been some time since I've been able to get away, and and you know, just have a couple of days to be able to turn the phone off and and forget about forget about it all. It's really important, isn't it? Sharpening the saw. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I love the way you put it. Sharpening the saw. <laughs> So, so tell us, Laurie, you know, let's let's go to the start of your story and, and where did you get started in business? You do a multitude of things there. You know, you're a speaker, you're an author, facilitator, <laughs> coach. Which one came first and how did it all really all begin? Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> you're living up to me. <laughs> yeah. First of all, like you said, I'm a mother. I'm a mother of eight. And, and that took a lot of my years. I was either pregnant, um, nursing or changing diapers for a long time. And I grew up wanting to do that. But you know what? That even that time even ran out. My youngest one went to school in kindergarten and I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't have anybody like a buddy or a friend with me all day um, being with me, doing the house chores, playing together and things like that. So I decided to go back to school. And that's how I found this journey, this path to uh, become a certified life coach and clinical hypnosis practitioner. And I have loved it ever since. Fantastic. So and then to, let's talk about that. I think that'll be a thing that interests a lot of people and perhaps on the face of it, and I say it because I don't fully understand what it is, but clinical hypnosis is that, tell us, tell us more about what that is. Clinical hypnosis is a work that goes to the, taps into the subconscious mind to release, resolve and remove or reframe certain um, inhibiting behaviors or traumas from your past that are embedded in your subconscious mind. And there is a broken record playing again and again um, that is probably negative and self-sabotaging. Um, grieving is one people don't address very well. And with that grieving comes a lot of sadness or a lot of, and, and it's embedded. It's kind of like deep because if you haven't dealt with it, right? If you have suppressed it from for years and years, it's still in there taking space and creating certain emotions that manifest in your behaviors and your relationships. 
So hypnosis just helps you get into a trance state of the mind and uh, where the mind opens up or the subconscious mind opens up to receive new information and to reprogram um, what you have been programmed to do or say to yourself for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some people call it the paradigms, right? These, these habits or behaviors that you've picked up usually from, you know, negative impact or, or trauma, whether it was, you know, a big impact, a, a car crash, someone close to you died, or, or if it was, you know, something that just grinded away at you for years, you know, perhaps you were, you were abused for a long time or, or you know, you know anything, anything in that regard that kind of was a bit more long tail. Um, yeah, you know, you pick up these paradigms, don't you, unfortunately, these, these patterns of behaviour that, that play out throughout, throughout your life and, and can ultimately affect your your life in 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 the long tail so, so i guess you, you hypnotize people you hypnotize people and then as that how do, how do you find that that kind of plays out it one one session sometimes and people are uh, remove these remove these issues and fix these issues or is it a series of things or i guess maybe it's different for each person <laughs> very good questions so there's a lot of questions there so to answer you let's say right now this week i have a new client and she signed up for one of my programs three to four month program eight to twelve sessions and uh the the reason being is because we i get to scratch the tip of the iceberg right but we are complex people we are we have complex emotions that like I said, if they've been suppressed, there's a lot to dig out, dig out, right? So like a, like an onion, you, you peel and it's layers and layers and layers, right? Mm -hmm. Until, you know, you see the anatomy of that onion. So if you, the anatomy of your grief, the anatomy of your um, anger, resentment, resentment, fears is compounded. We need to take one of those at a time and deal with each of them at a time. To answer your question about one session, after one session with this new client, she is sending me messages, which I'm honored, where he says, I can't believe it. Only after a session, I feel hopeful. I feel happy. I feel joyful. And I haven't felt like this forever. But that is great. That is a great response, a great reaction after the one session. But depending on the intensity of your issue, if something triggers you, right? That one session is hopefully going to do the magic, but my experience is that the more the person um, is with me, repetition is key, repetition, and on um, releasing those feelings, releasing those emotions that are negative, um, it, it requires repetition. And mm -hmm. to answer the questions, of course, there's, there's changes after one session, but the more you stay with it, and the longer you still stay with it, the longer the um, the changes and the transformation you will experience. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And, and I'm intrigued to know, you know, how did you come to, you know, there's many, many practices you can you can take up and study and, and qualify in within the, the space of, of health. And how did it come to be that you chose hypnotism? Were you Did you get some hypnotherapy yourself or anything like that? Excellent, excellent question. And it brings me back to the memories of how everything unfolded. Um, so my lovely aunt in the uh, knew about this program in this uh, Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. I recommend for anyone out there considering doing a coaching program to check this um, 
institute or this university. Um, it's amazing. And when I was checking it out, exploring and, and being counseled about it, um, one person told me the program existed. And I'm like, wow, I've heard about this modality, but I really don't know what it is. Um, and you have the the wrong connotation of what it is because stage hypnosis and what's in the movies, you know, it's mind reading, mind controlling. But I was intrigued still to see it offered in this school as something you can get a cert certification on. And the, when I researched about it, I just longed for that. I just wanted to be able to do it to help others, <laughs> excuse me, to help others step forward into their greatness through this modality. And what happens is that I know that, <coughs> excuse me, for years people go to counseling and they feel like they need to be able to express and articulate with words what is it that's bugging them. And what mm -hmm. I've known, what I've known is that people that go to counseling or talking therapy, which it has a place, it has a time in your life, right? If it's necessary and it's very efficient for many aspects of your life, um, people get to a plateau. They don't even know what else to say, but there's something still bugging them. So this is a shortcut. This is a shortcut that taps into that subconscious mind, saves time, saves money, saves years of, of the other type of, of counseling. And, um, and I was absolutely interested and ready to learn the modality to be able to offer it to anyone that needs it and and is was ready and determined and is ready and determined to change their habits and their inhibiting behaviors those paradigms like you mentioned yeah so i was very interested because i wanted to be a healer or an instrument in somebody else's transformation yeah that's wonderful it intrigues me it's a really intriguing subject it really is it's um it's very interesting it's it's a subject that people think is sometimes quite mystical uh, and that maybe you know you, you you're like you're a charlatan or it doesn't really work but um anyone who has seen anyone been hypnotized or if you've been hypnotized yourself i was actually hypnotized for the first time ever last year in august and it was at my my cousin's wedding in a completely different setting and environment for a different purpose to what you okay. do your work for this was more i really i guess i was hypnotized in front of an audience for their entertainment <laughs> Like entertainment, yes. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's what people see and know about it. But let me tell you, let me ask you a question, Jake. Have you ever been so into a movie that you or do you know someone that has cried because of the plot of a movie? I have myself, yeah. yeah. Right? Or have you ever driven somewhere in a car or known know someone that's driven in a car like automatically and they're like, Oh my goodness, I just got here. And I don't remember the red lights. I don't remember the stop signs. I just got here because I'm so used to coming here that I did it automatically. Have, has yeah. it happened? Yeah, it's happened to me as well. Yeah. yeah. So that is an altered state of the mind. That is, that is, you're not hypnotized. You know, I don't want to say that you've been hypnotized, but you are in that altered state of the mind and the, where it goes in auto mode, right? Like blinking. You don't realize you're blinking on, until you do a staring contest, right? And then your eyelids get tired because now you're becoming conscious about blinking. Otherwise, you don't realize you're blinking constantly, right? Because that's something you do on subconsciously or unconsciously or automatically. So that way, when we do hypnosis, it's like you stop 
blinking or you pay more attention and I ask for that subconscious mind to be more alert and the conscious mind to rest, okay? It's not, it's not to put you to sleep. It's like that state between awake and, and kind of like, like doze off to where the mind, ego goes to sleep, ego quiets down and the subconscious mind becomes more susceptible ready for suggestions to reprogram your sabotaging thought processing patterns and move on <laughs> yeah no i love it i love it it's, it's fascinating very fascinating and um and it's, it's it's important i think particularly in the modern world to think about all these different ways of of getting to the places you want to get to within your mind and within your physical body because you, you know as well as i do laurie the mind and the body are are very very strongly connected yeah and and you know if you want to make a change physically that can often depend on some changes you have to make mentally and again in the same aspect the other way around if there's some changes you want to make mentally then there's some things you have to do physically and and, and that involves a whole scope of things and it's 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 better just to look certainly to look more than the pharmacy or, or what the doctor tells you and prescribes you but to look at you know a whole host of other things it, is it going to be yoga that's going to help you out is it going to be a new sport that you take up which just involves you being a bit more active is it going to be hypnosis like we've discussed you know could it be yes you know speaking therapy like like you touched on you know there's there's really a plethora of things and and these things just seem to be growing all the time don't they it seems to be new things popping up and being added to all the time and, and i think there's a good reason for that because People are people are becoming more open to you know some people call it holistic therapies right. and um, and I think yeah people are becoming more open to it and more willing to try it because inherently more people are doing it so it's just becoming more popular it's this thing that snowballs out by itself so then when when you I'd like to actually pull back a little bit Laurie and ask you when did you move you're originally from Puerto Rico when did you <laughs> what age were you when you moved to Texas how old was I? Yes. With, yes, I was already like 22, 23 okay, with, okay. with three kids, three kids. So really? <laughs> yeah, what happened is that we got married, my husband and I got married and lived in the United States for like seven months. And at that moment, I was it was hard for me. It was very hard for me to um, have been like snatched out of my Caribbean island, all, all warm and cozy to mm -hmm. move to the United States where it was cold in Utah and it was very cold. And then I, we got pregnant with the first baby and I wanted and I needed that family support and we moved back. And my husband made that decision and that sacrifice for those four, four years, even though it wasn't his culture. He's he's from the United States. Awesome. And I, I was so grateful we did that. And then I we had the first three babies there and then four years and a half. And then we came back to Texas. So we've been here almost for 22 years and it's been amazing. I love it yeah. here, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Isn't it? And I think it's that's something that we share, the fact that, you know, I moved here to... <laughs> Australia from England five years ago and I, and it's something I speak about quite often that it's um and it, it, I speak about it quite often because not many people speak about it the mental toolbox you need to move countries and in fact to stay there and, ma and make it happen you know so it's it's easy to well, I don't say it's easy but it, it's it's practical sense in the way that you know already know how to do it to book the flight to pack all the stuff up and perhaps put it into storage or sell it depends what, what you're doing 
but you know the the mental the mental toolbox that you need when you get there you know you've got a whole new set of friends you're in a whole new environment you perhaps have to start your career again you know things like determination patience persistence mental resilience these are really kind of things that you're all you really do need and you have to dig, dig deep and dive into when you when you move countries, don't you think? I, I absolutely agree. That first time it wasn't very good. And I and I I was trying to adapt and do the best to adapt. But now with a new baby and all that, it was going to be different. And definitely I needed that support. And then that's all it took, right, for me to to do that and then move back again and that was like a whole nother adjustment and definitely i love the word you said jake you said resiliency and that takes a lot of emotional intelligence lots of iq or eq and emotional intelligence and um you know it's a new culture you need to learn you need to adapt and um when in rome do as in rome you know as romans do and it's not everything right because you still need to i still want to preserve my culture but adapting and understanding and embracing the new place you're in is because of respect that is very important and i enjoyed it it was hard sometimes but i enjoyed it and i think i've been able to morph into it and with the yeah. eight, eight kids and and you have a partner Whenever you have your family, if you stay there, it's important for you to uh, teach them your roots, the roots of your culture. And that's yeah. what I have been able to do with my children and and because uh, I didn't want them to forget where I came from. And mm -hmm. that's been very important. Language, culture, dishes, we you know, food we eat, music. And that's very important for me. And I've been able to yeah. do that, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, I mean, I, having, you know, that many children and, and you said you had three, you moved, you know, you kind of then moved uh, back back to Puerto Rico for a while, then had some more, then moved back to the States. That I imagine would have brought a whole host of challenges as well, you know, with just, just figuring out and, and reintegrating and reintegrating the kids into, into different schools would have been a... somewhat challenging for them as much as I, as a, maybe even more so than it would have been for yourself. Yeah, it was, thankfully, it was uh, at the early stages. We had those right. three kids super fast and they were not yeah. in school yet. So yeah. I'm just grateful that we made that decision early on to not need, but I'm sure if we need to do that someday, we'll need to manage and adjust and, and cool. learn and grow and accept and open our minds to a new experience. But um, mm -hmm. it's just great. It's just great. We all go through those changes um, whether it's change locations, it's jobs, it's careers, it's opportunity, building the uh, hustle, hustling for your business, you know, and all that involves a lot of tenacity, a lot of resiliency and an open mind to adjust. And it's like, let's let's go to this adventure and see what we learn and how can we grow from it. So absolutely. yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now I know you're also a self-published author and I, I love the fact that you're self-published as well. Right? I, I like anyone that um, does that by themselves, you know, people who create their own music label as well and bring their own music out. It's a great way to do it, isn't it? It means of course you get to keep a slice of all the profits. There's certainly a bit more work to do your end in, in getting the book out there and published, but right. tell us about that and, and please, please the book, books that you've written as well. Yeah. So it was, I'm sorry, was that a question? Yeah. Yeah. So, and what was the question? Sorry. Didn't the question was just tell us about, you know, being an author. Okay. Book that you've written. Yeah. So self-publish. 
Yeah, I always wanted to write a book and um, it's been amazing because I always kind of kept it like my little secret, like oh, people are not going <laughs> to, I'm not a writer, I'm not an author, what's my story, what am I going to say? But then I have that desire still, like, like if we suppress things, that's one thing that I was kind of suppressing and I would expect express myself in written in literature classes or you know write a poem here and there and some essays and i i never thought i had the ability but writing is a process and you never know if you're gonna get it right from the beginning but i, I had that desire within me and i signed up for a mentorship program where they presented you with that challenge saying hey they invited you they say hey what's your next step what do you want to do have you ever wanted to do this and if you have, what's stopping you? So I decided to go ahead and do it. And uh, it was so fun because I had another friend that had the same um, dream or the same desire to write his own book. And we kind of tagged along, like we challenged each other and, and we say, hey, I'm gonna finish it by this date. And, and we challenge each other and that made it more possible, more realistic and have that accountability really helped me. And it was an amazing journey writing my own book with a little bit of my story or one aspect of my story was very it's very gratifying very rewarding yeah absolutely and, and then something you touched on there is that you teamed up with someone else who was doing the same thing and, and and formed what i like to call a bit of a mastermind there two minds coming together to form another one towards working towards the same end and the value in that is just huge isn't it particularly when you need someone to give you a bit of a kick up the bum um, you know, uh, to keep you accountable, to make sure you're getting the work done. Um, and if you're both working towards the same things, yeah. the great thing about that is as well that many people don't think about that in the moment because, of course, it's good and important to stay present, is that when it all plays out and it's done and complete, you look back on it and it's something really special that you've got to share together. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I don't know if I can say this, if you allow me to, but congratulations in you also collaborating with somebody, some other people. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that collaboration, he's even in my book. I quoted this friend, I quoted him in my book. He allowed me to use like a chart that he, he uses and, and publish in his book. And I am in his book too. So it's just fantastic to collaborate and then to have that accountability and that motivation with somebody else. It doesn't always have to be that way. If you don't have somebody else around you that wants to write a book, go ahead and do it anyways. It's just, it helps. It, it helped me get motivated, have that accountability, that goal to make it happen. And it was very gratifying. So yeah, self-publishing with Amazon. And uh, after I wrote my draft, I was able to um, have my dear husband help me uh, format it in the right way um, to publish it. And it's available in um, the Kindle version and the, um, the hard copy. And now I am going to, I'm working on having my Spanish version of the book and mm. also the audible, the, um, the audio version of the book too. I, I recorded it myself. So it's super exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a good, that, that's a good point. Actually, it's just reminding me of something that you don't speak one, two, but three languages by my account, because you speak English, Spanish, but you also like to speak from the heart, which is something <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of. And I always try to do completely on these podcasts. But, you know, that, that's, that brings a whole different angle and element to, to a lot of the things you do there, particularly speaking, you know, coaching, certainly, you know, life coaching people. Um, and to what you've just said there, be, being an author, you know, 
it's there's obviously a lot of people in the world that speak Spanish, particularly within it within America. Um, of course, it, naturally within you know Spanish speaking countries that um, that's that would always play out. But there's a lot of people in America, there's a lot of people all around the world, and you open yourself up to a completely different audience of people that otherwise wouldn't be able to understand or or really give want to give the time to be able to hear your hear your voice or, or read your work because obviously they don't they just literally do not understand it so yeah how's that how's how have you found that you know when you've been doing speaking have you done many speaking engagements in spanish as well as english yes i have i have and i love it i i love the possibilities and the opportunity i have to to um influence or be there for both audiences it's been amazing it's so interesting that because i have been here so many years i wrote my book first in english yeah <laughs> and it is interesting and i'm like wait a minute how about my spanish <laughs> my spanish audience and when a lot of people friends or people from facebook uh saw that i launched the book in english they're like wait a minute what about us and uh i don't know why that happened that way i to this day i don't even know why that happened this way and uh people that were helping me edit um my daughter specifically she's like mom i see what you're trying to say here that's how you would say it in spanish but this is how it really sounds better in english <laughs> so, <laughs> so even like in, instead of having written it in spanish but one wonderful thing is that when i'm translated it now in in spanish um from the english first version um I've been able to just like speak even more like deeper from my heart and make it sound like, you know, if you speak more than one language, it's like having two souls. Well, that Spanish soul really came out and I added certain things and um, it's just fascinating. The journey is fascinating. So if you speak Spanish and you're interested in my book, yes, it will be available in Spanish pretty soon. And uh, I have great things to share with you there. Um, but yeah, it's a very good journey. Um, and yes, I've been able to speak. I have a, a group uh, uh, that I coach in Spanish, wonderful, beautiful ladies. Um, and um, I prepared the presentations, my PowerPoint presentations and my slides um, in English and in Spanish. I am getting ready to launch a masterclass, both in English and in Spanish. Um, this time I wanted to tackle both at the same time, <laughs> not only the um, one over the other. I want to launch it both at the same time and it's just double the work, but double the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you speak, do you, do you speak English, uh, sorry, Spanish around the home? Like do the kids all speak Spanish as well? It's both. And out of the eight kids, the younger ones are the ones kind of resisting it more. Um, yeah. But it's still a requirement and yeah, I really want to give them that legacy. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think I really respect the fact that you keep the culture going, you know, in that regard and the other regard you spoke about, the food, you know, uh, the dancing, the, just, just the way in which you do things, the music, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I, thought I really, really do respect that. And I think something I always like to ask people who are bilingual, and I find this to be, the answer is always to be interesting. When you're thinking, are your thoughts in English or are they in Spanish? That is tricky now. You got me, Jay. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you. I write, let me see. I write in my journal almost every day and um, I write it in Spanish. Right. Um, so I'm assuming my the way I think it's in Spanish, yes. Yeah. Then, <laughs> but it just, 
it just morphs. It's just like, it's called my mother. If you're watching, she has a doctorate's degree and she did it in linguistics and she's, she calls it code switching. Um, it's code switching. It just goes back and forward so easily nowadays for me. Um, I've been here now longer. No, I, I, I still half and half. Um, but it's just like, so embedded in my head It's just both, both things. And one time my son, came here and because I had spoken in, uh, Spanish to him all, all the time at home, my mother-in-law speaks English, but my son was asking my mother-in-law for water in Spanish. <laughs> and then she's like, honey, I don't understand. What do you want? And he immediately changed to, at that age, he was like two or three, he immediately really? wow. did the code switch to English to, yeah. to have her understand. So it's just, our brains, I tell you, our brains are amazing. Yeah. I think yeah. it is amazing, particularly, you know, when you, when you meet someone who knows perhaps two, three, four, five languages, and, and it just really pertains to show you how powerful the brain is and how much of it perhaps that not everyone uses all the time and, and that it can store a lot more information and draw that information very quickly when you need it to. One more thing uh, before we move on to something else, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. What do you dream in when you're dreaming? Is it in Spanish or in English? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just fascinating the questions I get. Um, what do I dream? I don't know. I don't so know. It just, you might not know. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, really. And and I think I remember my dreams more in images yeah. rather than something audio happening. So I'm and by my answer earlier and by writing in my journal in Spanish, I would go with Spanish. But now yeah. that you ask, I don't know. I might <laughs> pay attention tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's perhaps something that you've never thought about. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I'll send so, you a message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do. I'd, I'd love to get your feedback on that. Now, I had a dream we, and it was in English. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to talk about now some, and this is a space I typically go to on the podcast, is challenges, you know, failures and sharing them because I believe that by sharing them, you know, a lot of people watching, whether they're watching now, live or later, will inherently go through some of the similar things at their time in their life. And I find... That that's where you grow. That's where the growth is. When you're challenged, when your back's up against the wall, when you're forced into a corner, that's where you have to grow. You have to get through those things. I can mention you. I mean, how many do you want and how long do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but off the top of my head, I mean, the ones that just came to my mind was at the beginning of my studies, right? It was an online program, but still it's intense and I need to devote a certain amount of hours a day. Uh, my daughter, my, my adult daughter at the time, uh, wanted to, she was planning, we were planning her wedding and she lived out of state. Her wedding was going to be local, but she wasn't gonna get here until like a week before her wedding. So I was planning a wedding, going to school while my daughter was long distance. Um, that was a challenge. Um, also in my business specifically, so that was with my studies, right? That is like, okay, I need to really be intentional with my time, with my scheduling, etc. There's some of the kids, but anyways, and then another challenge was writing the book. I needed to be away from the family to be able to devote time for that. 
And shortly after, like a year after um, I opened my practice in a brick and mortar office and building, um, my husband was diagnosed with uh, stage three colorectal cancer. And that was another challenge, right? And, you know, juggling doctor's appointments and your business and your family life was interesting. And, and yes, you need to step up to it. And I want to tell the audience that's watching this now live or as a replay, I know that we are living in hard circumstances right now worldwide. But think about your other circumstances in your life and how you've been able to overcome them. Because you have, I know you have become victorious and you have grown out of your challenges already. So think about what you're going through right now and remember ways you were able to overcome um, those challenges from the past and use those skills again. Use that those attributes that you have to be able to overcome. Stress can give us traction so we can move on. And uh, if you think of a stuck truck in the snow, and if you put lumber in that in that truck, okay, firewood in that truck, the weight of the of the fire, uh, the firewood will give it motion, will give it traction to get unstuck. And sometimes we think of as anxiety and opposition and tribulation as things to hold us back to to get in the way of our progress, but no. If we use them to give us traction and momentum, those stressors, those that baggage can help us move forward. And uh, in my life, whenever I am facing that, I look at it like ready to tackle, you know? <laughs> yeah, ready to Face it and rise is, is a good way I've heard that put. Face it and rise. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot can be said for that. You know, it, this is it. I'm glad you. I'm glad you touched on that because I think it's important. It's timely, and, and like you said, the people watching, whether it's now or later, will perhaps get a lot of value from it. That you know, this is an unusual time. It's an unprecedented time, and and what does that cause emotion-wise to deal with something that you've never dealt with before, and you perhaps don't fully understand yet? You're being spoon-fed information about it that no one really understands at scale through the media. It can cause, you know, fear, you know, uh, worry, um, disintegration. It, it, it can cause all of those things. But I think it's important to perhaps remove yourself from that media if it's not helping you and, and being very aware of that and the effect, effect it's having on you and perhaps those around you as well, particularly if you have, you know, people at home that you're responsible for, children and such. But, you know, when those when those feelings come in, I think that's really a really nice way you frame that, you know, when, when you get the anxiety and, and perhaps the fear and, and using that to, to get some traction to actually fire you up and push you through and not getting stuck. You know, you use a great analogy there with a the truck in the snow, not getting bogged down and stuck in that snow, but actually using that, you know, pressure makes diamonds, that, that kind of philosophy that, you know, get, taking that pressure letting it get that traction and then moving on. Fantastic, fantastic analogy. I really like that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and think of it now. And one, one last challenge I didn't share because that was a lot that I shared initially when you asked is the pandemic, 
I had a brick and mortar office and we needed to close not only because of the pandemic, because of other reasons with the person I was sharing the space with that I'm not going to mm -hmm. get into right now. But then it, 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 it forced me to pivot, right. To change mm -hmm. the way I was doing business. I was doing yeah. some telehealth or some virtual uh, sessions, but not full time. Well, I needed to make, create a space in my home for this. Right. And, if you can't believe it or not, I started doing the constant. I, I, I launched a podcast in the midst of the pandemic. I continued seeing my clients in the midst of the pandemic in my master bed, bathroom, uh, room, bathroom. <laughs> in my bathroom. Well, you know, for some hours of the day, right? Yeah. And I was uncomfortable, but you know what? I'm like, hey, I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna make it do. And oh my goodness, yeah. I can post pictures of of how the setting was, etc. And then in and out in the mornings and at night, you know. But um, you know, the weights evolved. Now we I have a more comfortable space, etc. Here, thank goodness. But you know what? That's what happens. Uh, life circumstances, opposition, when one, one door closed, right? I was super sad to move from my brick and mortar building, you know, but you know what? I'm like, okay, another chapter will, will open another many other doors of opportunities. You know, you're in Australia, <laughs> right? And you know how we've met and how things continue going. And when you close your mind, when you cross your arms, when you, you know, have this in your, you know, in your forehead, you're not going to be open to the possibilities, opportunities that, that are out there for you to make those changes and adjustments and continue living life to the fullest. Yes, yes, exactly. Do what you can where you are with what you have and, and just remain open, open, flexible, uh, particularly in a time like this. Because, look, you know, I hear a lot of people say, the world's changed forever. You know, this this will change the world forever. Look, frankly, I have to be honest, I don't believe that. I think in a few years' time, everything will be more or less back to normal. Yes, there might be some adjustments, but, you know, the world has gone through things like uh, the bubonic plague, um, the Black Death, a scale like this before that actually killed a lot more people, to be honest. And, and, and the world got back to normal. Yes, it took a long time, but the world got back to normal. And we will all get through this. And I'm not detracting from this that lots of people have died, you know, and... and it's important to, to give the time and space and respect and condolences for people that have or anyone that's lost someone. I truly mean that. But what I am saying is that, you know, for the rest of us that, that do get through this, and that will be the large majority of us, you know, the, the, the things that you can pull out of this time and, and the ways that you have to pivot and change and pull in a strength from yourself to get through it, you can carry them then on through and when times are a lot easier and a lot, a lot better you can draw back on them skills and it's only going to be a positive for you it doesn't need to be a negative and that's why i mentioned like the media because i think sometimes when you figured out a way to pivot when you figured out a way to get around it like you did by you know haven't got the office i'll use the bathroom just do what you can where you are with what you have right. but by doing that you will inherently you know get on this road to yes things are improving things are getting better but if in the background, you've got this constant noise going on at you and telling you how it should be, and that doesn't really match up with your reality. I think that's why you have to be careful with how much of that stuff you you, you digest, particularly on a, on a daily basis.
Love it. We don't only digest food. You said it. We digest experiences. We digest these emotions and how we perceive things. And um, you mentioned like the bubonic plague and all that that's happened through history. What have we learned from that? Well, better ways of being sanitary. Like instead of everybody sharing from one cup, so now everybody's going to have their own. I mean, we've evolved, we've adapted and learned from those crises, right? To be ready to move on from here on. Okay, this this we need to take these measures, and life goes on, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it is so important to understand that adversity, obstacles, we need to learn and grow from them. It's like enrolling in to, enrolling in college and not being tested or not having a quiz. The tests are the ones that help us understand and and see if we have mastered that that class right that those those units that we cover they, they covered right so being tested is important um because that's an opportunity for growth yeah yeah the the, the learning is in the journey is something i like to say yeah. learning is in the journey now let's talk let's talk about a little bit let's give a little bit of time to the word hustle here and uh, i want to know what how you define the word hustle uh, and what drives yours? Because you clearly, and, and like it's a current theme with a lot of people I have on this show, and quite frankly, that's why, you know, I pick a lot of them to be on here. Um, they have a lot of hunger for the hustle, and you are no different to that, Laurie. So I'd love to hear a bit more of your perspective on the subject. Hung hunger for the hustle, Jake, for me, it means to have grit, to have that desire to, to, to get to point B, right? to know your destination um, with that tenacity, desire and determination. Um, hunger for the hustle is to know that you are in business. You created a, a brand, a service a, or a product for a reason because you understand and you value who you are, your story. Why is it that you're doing what you're doing? It's because there's a story behind it, right? And with me, um, I saw many relatives that had inhibiting behaviors and that destroyed their own lives and other people's lives, you know, with those um, behaviors and habits or addictions. And this is part of my story that I observed that as a little kid, you know, and I was always intrigued and fascinated by human behavior. And mm -hmm. since you ask what got me interested in hypnosis, it's like, Okay, I had so much of this in my life at one point. I saw this in my life. There's people that struggle. I want to be an instrument and I want to be able to help others. And um, that to me is being hunger for the hustle, to have that desire, that, that hunger to be able to make a difference in life and leave a legacy, um, to make it, create an impact in other people's lives. I don't know if that answers. <laughs> Look, it's whatever it means to you. You know, there is no, there's no, there's, there's no textbook answer. There's no dictionary definition. It's, it's what it means to you. And I think you gave a great long tail answer there that really, 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 yeah, you know, it answered the question. Like I say, there's no right or wrong way to answer it. True grit, determination, you know, creating a life that outlives you. I see that these are all, all things that you're, you're working on and now that i know you quite frankly and, and it's you know when you know someone you meet someone on social media then you become, become somewhat part of their ecosystem and their world and you see their growth you know if they're striving and going for these great things and i'm looking forward to seeing 
you know some more of yours which which leads actually very well to my um to my next question which is what are some kind of goals dreams and, and aspirations for your business you know I, I know you have um your own your own coaching business um part, pardon me I, I forgot the name of it but um yeah what are some goals dreams and aspirations for that well my goals and aspirations so my business name is steadfast forward which okay. means that standing grounded in a firm foundation of who you are what you believe you are so i want to be able i i see people and what i tell them i do is like i help i help see your potential and help you believe it for yourself right so i um, my goals is to continue touching people's lives create coaching groups create and launch this masterclass that I'm so excited to launch to continue creating an, an impact. I will, I want to be able to speak in, in many other stages and um, um, just continue moving forward. Who knows? I'm creating a workbook now that will go with the book that I already launched, of course, in English and in Spanish and many more books to come too. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I love that. I love that. You know, you're, you're not just focusing on the now and what's happening now. You're, you're thinking about moving forward and what's going on moving forward. I think that's really a really important thing to do in life, but in, in business as well. It's actually something I learned from um, from Tony Robbins, actually. Something I was watching from him. He said one day, you know, there's really two aspects to your business. There's what's happening right now. And, of course, you need to keep an eye on that. But then where are you going? What's going on forward? And, and how can you how can you serve the customers now? And how can you improve on that going forward? So. Yeah, it's the same place out in life as well, right? You know, it's important to be present, of course, but you know, don't 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 get stuck in tomorrow. It hasn't happened yet, but um, yeah, it's it's good to have it in the front of your mind. And yeah, the masterclass that you you mentioned, the, the link here, scheduled.lauriebeard.com forward slash main with the numbers. That takes people straight to that masterclass, does it? Um, yes, they can definitely contact me through that uh, landing page and yeah. um, inquire for information, and I'll definitely make it accessible to their to them as soon as it's launched. Right. Um, yeah, I I'm here for you. You know where to find me. Those are great um, links. Yeah, you're posting there definitely, awesome. and I'll be honored and happy to help anyone that contacts me. Right. Well, we're not quite done yet because there's one more thing that I want to ask you, and this is something we always close out the show with, and uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Three hot tips, and you can. I usually frame this in the way of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, but it's really up to you how you choose to answer it. Three hot tips, and, and a book recommendation would be awesome as well. I imagine you're someone that reads quite a bit. Yeah. So three, three nuggets of wisdom that I have to share. Yeah. With you know your value know your value you need to understand who you are you need to understand who you are and then understand the importance you are in the world and you need to once once you find it and figure it out you need to let that shine that light shine because the world needs your light like we talked here you know <laughs> crazy things are happening and you have a message a story to tell with a product or a service right if you're not in business and you work for the corporate world be the light be the light because you know your worth so that is key that is very important follow your dreams do whatever it takes with a coach with a mentor with somebody that's been there um, before you or someone that has the best interest in you um, find the help for you to live the life you love 
right? Many regrets, people that are dying, people under deathbeds uh, say is that I, I didn't live the life that I wanted. I always lived because so-and-so, so-and-so wanted this for me or for, for me and neglect themselves, okay? So know your worth, do whatever it takes to live the life you want. And the last one will be to have fun. Don't take life so serious. Don't take things so personal. Have fun. Give yourself permission to, when you decide to live the life you love or you want, to have fun with it. As a mother of eight kids, I still go, you know, I still love play, to play volleyball, aerial yoga, stand up paddle boarding. I mean, I have fun and take care of myself. Um, like in an airplane, if we are not being able to breathe and we are struggling to put the mask, the oxygen mask to the person next to us, we're gonna die. And we tend to do that. We tend to wanna save the world and we neglect ourselves. Do some self-care, do some self-care, self-nourishing, self-acknowledgement. Give yourself a pat on the back when you accomplish something, reward yourself for, for the goodness in you and for those little steps and things you accomplish every day. So those are my three. <laughs> my three pieces wonderful, of advice. Wonderful. I love that you said that last one, having fun, because I've had a lot of fun spending some time with you here today, Laurie. It's been really nice to just uh, have a chat with nice down to earth chat with you and, and share you. some of your some of your nuggets of wisdom. I tr truly mean that. So all right, Laurie, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Actually, no, one more thing. What what book? Give us a book recommendation. Oh, I that book. I've read a few books. Okay, so you would read quite a lot. One book that I love is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. The Four Agreements, Four Principles to Live By that changed my life. And it's the book that I've given out the most. Mm -hmm. If I have an extra copy, I've given it out the most. Doing your best, not taking things personally. And um, well, there's two more that don't come to my head right now. But that's a great one. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And of course, my book. Freedom from Self-Slavery, uh, <laughs> a guide for self-mastery and empowerment. Uh, I have included my seven R's method or the step fast forward method to help you live a life of personal joy and professional fulfillment. Um, sequel coming up um, next, but um, I just recommend those books and whatever other book is important for you to read, Failing Forward, I know you asked me for one, but I have many. Failing Forward by John C. Maxwell. I've heard about this book, yeah. Amazing book, amazing book. So any self-help book, personal growth book, is just amazing out there. So those are my favorite. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining me, Laurie. Um, it's been great to spend some time with you, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Very good. Me too. It's been a pleasure and an honor, Jake. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.